Welcome back to Largemouth. Uh, this is episode three. I'm your host, Eli Hawkins, here with my buddy, Chase Scott. How's it going, Chase? Never been better, Eli. How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, you know, in this episode, I, we're going to get into some, uh, you know, the, the skill side of fishing. Um, uh, you know, what it, what it takes to catch some of these fish in different conditions. Uh, you know, uh, what they're going to be biting on in, some, in different conditions. And just the, the skill involved in fishing. And also, we'll probably get into, a, you know, a couple fun stories at the end. I think the main goal is to break the the overall concept, the the cl- cliche concept of fishing, the worm and bobber. You throw a worm on a on a hook with a bobber. Yeah, that's I think like that's what we're going for. The general population, I would say, when they think of fishing, is like bobber fishing for bluegills. Like boring, just sitting and there on a yeah on a on a public pond that is just overfished. Right, and that's why fishing gets a bad rap a lot. I feel like because you go to this pond that's just overfished. You don't catch anything. You're just sitting there. It's just boring. Yeah, that's boring. It's boring to me too. Or, or you, most people really don't know what they're doing. Even when it comes to simple things like the, the very basics of fishing, like you know, worm bobber, hook, right, simple push button reels, etc. Uh, fishing, you know, it's a lot more than just a bobber and a worm. Uh, I mean, when when you when you do the kind of fishing we do, we 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 have a lot more fun. I feel like definitely. We're always on our feet. Yes. We're always doing something. Always. Yep. Uh, always uh, casting, 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 going to different spots, uh, changing up lures, trying out new lures all the time. I feel like that's one of the main things we do is tie on, tie on, tie on until we find a pattern. Definitely. And there's a lot of times, um, like you see you see pro fishermen, MLF fishermen in tournaments, they, they throw baits, 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 baits until they find that one bait. That gets that gets the most strikes, and then that's that's all they throw for the rest of the day because that's the pattern that the fish are on. Right. It's so weird how how fish act. It really is. Like you 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 would think that. I don't know how to explain this. That if like that if you tie this certain bait on, you're always gonna get bit by it. Right. Like the fish. Like when you when you have it in the water, and it's like, wow, how would a fish not want to eat that? Right. That's complete. That's completely false, though. Yeah. Because. There's a bunch of reasons why, and you know they're they're keen on different stuff during different times of the year and different conditions. Like like bed fishing, for example. We're gonna get into pre spawn and and the spawn and post spawn later on, but there's been times like I've flipped a bed with with a lure and not get striked. Yeah, get a strike, and then go back tie a different lure on, flip it first flip, boom. Yep, get a bite. Just like a different color. Yeah, different different color, it different presentation, anything. And it could be like that for a, a bed fish, you know, 50 feet from there. Oh, dude, I'm not kidding you. I've tied on literally probably six, seven, eight different lures just to try to catch one bed fish. And bed fishing is so fun because, like, you, you see them on their bed, and they're not going to leave their bed because they're obviously scared of you, but they're not going to leave their babies, their eggs, yeah, because they don't want to get ate. So it's like you just got to sit there and try and try and try until you aggravate them enough. To where you get to strike. Yep. And you get to watch them eat, which is That's nice. the coolest part. So if you guys are, like, new to fishing, yeah. The, so the bed, basically, that we're talking about here is, uh, so the, the largemouth will have a little spot on the ground. You'll see, like, a circle, right? The male will put the bed together. The male the female will. female will lay on the bed. Yes. There. Um, and then you'll see this little, like, highlighted spot on the ground, like a dot, like a circle. It's just a different color for everything else. And a lot of times there's, you know, the mom is sitting on it. And the mom's usually real big. 
and she's sitting there protecting the fish, protecting her her eggs, uh, and bluegill. Uh, that's their favorite thing to eat, basically, is bass eggs. So they'll sit there and have to protect them. So basically, what we do is throw different baits at them because they're really finicky. Like we said, like sometimes they just don't bite the certain bait. You change up the color, boom, you're getting it. And you just basically make them mad and get reaction strike out of them a lot of times. Yeah. And like when you do get those bites, they're not looking to eat. Most of the times they'll put it they'll put it in their mouth, spit it back out. And then you gotta try again. Like most of the time you'll flip a bed, the fish will slurp the bait in, move six inches, drop it. So you most of the time you gotta get that timing just right. As soon as they slurp it in to to relocate your, your lure, your bait, you gotta set the hook. Yeah, so in a sense they're picking it up and moving it off the bed. Exactly. Yeah. And uh it's definitely one of those frustrating thing sometimes because you just see the fish right there it's so close yet it's so far away from you being able to catch it let's talk about the longest time you spent trying to catch a bed of fish wow um i remember mine it was probably 45 minutes 45 minutes it was uh in this little cove on at this pond and um it was at the sondermans um and I, it was probably five feet off the bank and i'm flipping it and flipping it and i flipped it first with a wacky rig um, that's just a stick bait hooked in the middle and it just did not want it. So I tried a, a white fluke next bouncing up and down on it. Not, not anything. And I'm spending like, you know, each bait I spent probably 20 minutes trying to get it. Cause it would pick it up every now and then it would, it would pick it up. Right. And I could never get to actually eat it though. Get it in all the way in their, in their mouth. So then I eventually got to, um, a finesse jig small finesse jig with a tiny crawl on the back and uh she slurped it right up then and i caught her it was pretty sweet how big was it two pounds maybe another thing is like most of the time when you do flip a bed the male comes in and attacks the bait rather than the female because the female's the the alpha in in that case they're supposed to be guarding the eggs at all times but most of the time not i shouldn't say most of the time a lot of the times the male is nowhere to be seen yeah, but then you'll see them in the distance. Circle back, check, make sure. Yeah, so uh, one of the most frustrating things too is like sometimes you don't really see. Sometimes you don't see the fish. You know there's a bed there, but you don't see it. Right. And you're you're trying to catch this big mama. And usually they're like sometimes they're three plus pounds, which is a pretty freaking big fish. And you, you get a bite, and you're like, oh, this is her. You set the hook. It's like a it's half a male. pound male. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> dang it, dude. So you keep trying for the female. Oh, that's the worst. Or you'll catch the male and then scare the female off, and they don't yeah. come back. Oh, that's and then they and then you just see the bluegill start attacking the eggs. Yeah, and then you feel guilty because then you're just destroying the bass population. Then more bass ain't gonna be born, right? Right. Dude, you remember that one time when <laughs> we were bed fishing, right? It was middle of spawn, and you we saw this fish and we couldn't catch it, and you like jumped, yeah, on, jumped it. on it. Yes. Yeah. Wait, wait. What pond was that at? It was at the Sondermans, wasn't it? Like right by the tree line there. Oh yeah, dude, we were on the paddle boat. So we were on the we were on the paddle boat, middle of the pond, and um, middle of summer out. And uh, further down south, bass spawn earlier in the in the spring because the water temperatures rise because you know the temperature is warmer down in the south. Well, in Indiana, we don't see beds until late June, early July, ish. Would you agree? Oh yeah, right so on then. This was. Probably what July, mid summer, mid July, dog days of summer, and 
We're sitting here flipping for this fish. <clears throat> Me and Eli both, and it's almost like a competition who can catch it first, right? So he's tried every bait in the book. I've tried every bait in the book. I've tried what he hasn't tried. He's tried what I haven't tried, right? So finally I got tired of this. <laughs> I remember this. I, I took my... It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny, dude. <laughs> so I said, Eli, I bet you I'll catch this fish before you do. And he said, okay, you want to We've been trying for hours at this point. It, was, it, it, it was, had been it was about a good hour. 30, it was 30, 30, 45 minutes. Close, close enough. And I ended up taking my shirt off, my shoes, and I thought it would be a good idea to straight just jump in for it. What what would be a good reference for this? Jump on this fish like a spider monkey? <laughs> like a spider monkey? Spider, a spider man? Yeah, I have a video of this. Do you? Yeah. So I full on swantoned this bass on this bed. Jumped on top of it. Jumped on top of it. And I put all my body weight on the fish. Surprisingly, the fish <laughs> sur- <laughs> survived. <laughs> so when I hit the bottom of the the pond, this is about two foot of water bass spawn shallow. You say? Mm-hmm. I felt the fish like in my in my arms. Right? Yes, the fish did survive because it swam off. <laughs> <laughs> and um, surprisingly, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Not as big as I used to be. Uh, you're right. You're right. And um, to make a long story short, I didn't catch the fish, so I didn't win the bet. Yeah, he tried though. He definitely tried. I actually have a video of this, which was pretty funny. But um, uh, good memory for the good e- memory. Eli was like, "What are you doing, dude? You're not you're not gonna jump in for that fish, are you?" <laughs> dude, he took his shirt off, dropped his rod so fast. Cause you gotta think, it was like probably 80, 90 degrees outside. Yeah, I was hot. If the I water remember. felt nice. Yeah. But you came out like the moss was all over your feet and stuff. That was funny though. Yeah, I don't know how we didn't tell that memory. In yeah, and the, the no, we got we have we have a bunch of stories that we ha- that you know we didn't get into in the first episode that, that we didn't couldn't think of. Yeah, yeah. Now now it's just all coming back. So um, we're definitely gonna definitely gonna tell more stories. I'm sure more and more will pop up each episode. But so yeah, um, we can talk you know bass and different conditions. How are we gonna catch them? So like, we'll, 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 okay, the weather outside right now, uh, what is it, thirty? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty nice out right oh, now. Oh, it's fifty three and sunny, but it's December. So the water, the water is gonna be yeah. the water's freezing, not freezing, but close to freezing. What what kind of bait would you use right now? If you were to if you were to go home, get your rods, go out to a pond, what would you tie on? Cause a I, a I, Ned rig, of course. I would tie on a Ned rig. What else? Um, probably a finesse jig. Dude, you're reading my mind here, bro. You're reading my mind. I was literally gonna say that. And maybe like a suspending jerk bait, a smaller one. Okay, I would throw a super tiny finesse jig. Uh, Z-Man makes these. I forgot what they're called. Z-Man Bait Company makes these. Very good. Ned Rig Z-Man also makes these. It's part of their Elastic series. Um. And I think I'd have to go with a finesse lipless, not the full size lipless, not the, the full one. size red eye shad, but the smaller red eye shad. That's a good choice. Um, bass, this time of year, bass are looking for one big meal. They yeah. don't want to chase anything. They're very lethargic. Uh, their blood temperature isn't up. They don't want to swim at fast pace. You know, they don't. Overall, they don't want to chase food, right? Yeah. So that's why. Um, 
fall fishing is so good. You catch so many fish during fall because these fish are trying to eat. And Fall's eat. the best, honestly. Fall is fall is probably my favorite time to fish. One of them. Yeah, me too. Fall and spring. These fish are eating and eating and eating, and eating more to try to store themselves. They're bulking. They're, they're bulking. Yeah, exactly. they're bulking up. Like I said, they're trying to eat and eat to um, get ready for the to get ready for the winter months, so yeah. they don't have to chase chase bait. Yep. So no. this time of year, not not to cut you off, they're real. Sl- they don't really need to eat that much. Right. So it's gonna they're gonna be really finicky, and you're gonna have to cast and cast and cast and cast, and and you gotta work really slow. Is what what we're getting here. Now moving on to the more of the spring side of things, we can get into a spawn, post spawn, pre spawn here. So pre spawn, uh, I I take the back. Fall is not my favorite time to fish. Spring is because of pre spawn. What pre spawn is is, you know, it's the word pre is it's before spawn. So all these big girls, the, the 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 female fish have a ton of eggs in them, getting ready to getting ready to, you know, push out all the eggs onto the bed. So they're just really fat and they're really hungry because they're pregnant, you know. So they're eating and eating and they have they're just full. So that's why my fish, my PV was six pounds at the time and not five, is because I caught her during pre-spawn. So she had all their eggs in her. But post-spawn, she would have been thinned out back down to five pounds. Two, yeah, she would have been probably right. five, maybe high fours even. That's why. Um, if you want to go out and catch a big bass, big fish, you're a beginner, go pre-spawn. Spring. Yep. Here would probably be what? March, April, May? Mid-April, late. April, mid-April, early April. May. I'd say March is still a little winter time here. It's pretty cold here. Yeah. So I'd say April. I'd say May. May is the prime, I would say, for pre-spawn. So, yeah. Now, do you want to get into post-spawn here or, or just regular spawn? We should just go down the line. Yeah. Pretty. Okay. So spawn. Um. We've already mentioned, you know, talked about this a little bit. They're on beds. Uh, the you have to grind for them. They're real finicky on beds, but they're really fun because you're sight fishing because you can see them bite the bait. You, your favorite time is pre-spawn because a lot of fi- big fish pop up during pre-spawn. But I would say my favorite time of fish would definitely have to be the the spawn because you can do things like jump in the water on fish's beds, yeah. like we discussed, and. Um, I just I don't know. There's something about bed fishing, man. I love it so much. Just watching them, watching them eat, working and for it, having yeah, having to work for it and just grind to catch one fish, and then once you catch it, you feel so accomplished. And it's you. It's always a three plus pounder. Yeah, four th- plus. They're always big. They're always big females. That's that's the one. And it's like you don't have to worry about trying to find big fish. Like if you go out any other time, you never know if you if you got a two pounder on three, four, half pound, pounder, whatever. But when you see a fish on a bed, you can say, "Oh, look, that's three pounder." Right, because you see them. Or, or you see, "Oh, that's only a two pounder." I'm not gonna, I'm not, not gonna, gonna go for it. I'm not gonna mess with it. Right. But the only downside to spawn is you catch a lot of small, skinny males because all the females are on beds. Right, and uh, the males are out running around. Um, so yeah, so basically in spawn, you could pick and choose your fish the way you want to catch. That's why it's my favorite. Yeah, yeah you that, that's pretty cool. You described that pretty well. And then post spawn is honestly kind of depressing. The, yeah. the fish are all so skinny, but here's the thing: they're hungry. They are. They're usually really freaking hungry, so you can get a lot of bites. But they're all usually pretty small and skinny. Um, they're they don't fight as much because they're weak. They just got done bedding, so you know you can get a lot of bites, catch a lot of fish. But I wouldn't say that the quality is is up there as a as spawn and pre spawn for sure. On to another topic now. Um, a lot of people think 
fishing is a lot of luck. Right. Yeah. It's a lot more skill than you think. I would say it's it's ninety five five. Ninety five percent skill, five percent luck. Cause I would are, say it's a little more luck. Because there are times you you graze a bait by a uh, big fish's mouth, and if that if that fish would have never been there at that place at that time, you wouldn't have caught it. That's where the luck plays in. However, if contrary to that, if you were to like throw something that that fish was, say you're a beginner, right, and you don't know any the patterns, you don't know what these fish are on, mm-hmm. you don't know you don't know what spawn, so they're your pre-spawn, so they're filling up on shad. You don't know if there's shad in the lake. Um, match the hatch. You want to describe that term? Yeah. So match the hatch. It's the hatch of is is in a sense of the bait fish in the pond. So like in a lot of our ponds, it's usually bluegill, and in uh, in a couple other ponds, it's shad or big lake. It's usually shad, which is a smaller minnow type fish, whereas a bluegill. A lot of people have caught a bluegill. So that's what match the hatch is. Um, yeah, so if you're not matching the hatch or or if you pull up to the pond and, and the wind's blown super hard to one side of the pond or the lake, you know that the bait fish can't swim against the wind, so the bait fish are going to be on that side of the pond where the wind's blown, right? Mm-hmm. Bass follow bait fish. Yep. So if you're sitting on the wrong side of the pond, you're not get as casting your lure, you're not going to get any bites at all or not as many bites. Right. But if you go down to that other side of the pond where the wind's blown, where all the bait fish are, you match the hatch with where the bait fish are, a bass is going to see an injured bait fish, a.k.a. your lure, and strike it. And that's where the skill comes to play. Yep. And I, I could talk about how the luck comes into play. Uh, fish don't follow rules. And right. uh, Not to interrupt, but I there's so much more skill than oh, what yeah. I just described. No, we, we can get into some more skill. Just real quick, though. Like, fish don't follow rules. So, you know, if, if it's a certain time of the year, like, I've heard stories of mi- of frogs blowing up on stuff midwinter. And frogs usually don't hit top water midwinter. Yeah, they're really slow and finicky, but you know the the bass they don't have a rule book. They do what they want, so that's where the luck side comes in. You can throw a random bait in a random spot, and there's going to be a giant fish there. But more times than not, if you know what you're doing and you have the experience and you and your trial and error, trial and error. Fishing is a lot of trial and error. If if you figure that out, you'll you'll have a lot more likely of a chance to catch a fish, and that's the skill side for sure. So, like an example, um, not to not to dog on my friend here, uh, Quinn. Me and him went uh, to the Sonderman's one time, and this is when Quinn was really new in the fishing, and I had been fishing for about a year. Uh, he was, he and while we were fishing, he talked about how it was, it was he was like, he was kind of getting mad because I was catching a bunch of fish. He wasn't. He was like, it's all, he was talking about how it was all luck before that. Well, we go, um, we were using the same bait, the same setup pretty much, and I caught 10 fish, he caught one. But you know where they were at. And I knew where to cast. I knew the, where the wind was blowing. I knew what color to use. He was using the same bait as me, but we—I mean, I was experimenting with different colors, right. and he was just complaining how he wasn't getting bites. You know what I mean? So that's the skill side. You'll get way more bites, have more chances to catch this big fish, and, and yeah, there's just, it's a lot more skill than people think. It's not just sitting, watching your bobber go up and down. Like that, I, uh, to be honest with you, man, unless I'm fishing for um, bait. Like to use bluegill as live bait. as live bait, I can't. I get bored out of my mind. Me too. I just can't do it. But when it comes to bass fishing, when you're on a boat, you can go to all these different spots. You're always casting and retrieving, always, unless you are live bait fishing, which we do very we rarely. Do. We do sometimes. Rarely, definitely. But um, I would like to say this might offend some people, but live bait fishing is kind of cheating when it comes to catching big bass. Yeah, you're fishing, but there's something about 
using a like artificial lure and catching a giant is feels so much more accomplishing than using live bait. Yeah, I to agree. To me anyway. <coughs> I agree. Um, you know, I would say like your average fisherman like your average casual fisherman, I wouldn't say it's necessarily cheating. This is my opinion. Um but in the sport of fishing, sport of bass fishing, like, you know, the tournament side of things, definitely. Like you you can't you you cannot use live bait in the MLF or yeah, right. I I got another story. Um, so I was having a, I wouldn't call it an argument, but I would call it a heated debate with someone else, and they were they were, they were live bait fishermen. They didn't know too much about fishing. You know, they used uh, open face reels with yep. live bait, and yeah, they would always catch giant fish, like giant fish, because you know that's what the big fish go for the the real the real stuff. the real deal. I wouldn't say that's what they go for, but that you have a higher chance of catching more fish but you uh, again it comes back to the sitting there and waiting for the strike but he was like um you come out to this pond and i guarantee you i'll catch more fish than you and i was like i bet you don't and then it just got it just got into a little yeah. a little debate so i had to go out there you know i took my rods took my lures took my took my backpack took your five setups with five different baits on T- took my five three hundred dollar setups <laughs> and uh this kid's using one old hand-me-down not the dog on this kid. Good kid. Just talked a lot of smack. And he was like, okay, well, first to 10 fish, right? I caught 10 fish <clears throat> in about an hour before he caught one using live bait. Yep. So it comes down to to the skill thing. Right, yeah. Anybody can cast a minnow into the middle of a pond and catch a fish. Yeah. But nobody, right. not all people can find the right lures. And there's thousands of lures made. There's thousands of different types. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a reason why. You just got to learn to know which ones to use in the right conditions. And that's yep. where the skill comes into play. Yep. And uh, definitely. And, and the trial and error, I would say, when you're actually in there. Yeah. So maybe this color isn't working this day. So switch up the color. But you know what bait is probably going to work. So you have that tied on in the first place. So on to a, you know, another story mm-hmm. I just remembered. Um, there's, a, there's a small, I'll be honest here, there's a pretty small pond and it's stocked with a lot of bass. Well, um, I came and I, I was, I was going sweat mode. Basically I had like Sanko's tied on. I had like my five setups ready. I caught 44 bass in two hours. Not you. It was, was it you? I think it was, no, I think that, yeah, it was me and Brant. I think I caught like 20 something and he caught, it was two people. We caught 44 fish in two hours. That is absolutely insane. That's still, yeah, that's crazy. No, don't I get it? It's a, a small pond, but it was still really impressive and fun. We've been skunked there before, and we we were slaying it. We found the pattern. Honestly, it didn't it it we didn't start catching them right away. We had to use trial and error and figure out what they were using. That's what gotta, they were, that's got to be a world record, right? A world record. You should have flew someone out there from Guinness <laughs> to just sit there and track your guys' fish. I'm sure somebody on like Okeechobee just found a school of them and just catches them every yeah. cast. That that that's still it's still it was still really fun. Good memory. So, there's also a side of fishing that's like these crazy lures, right? Yeah, I can get into this. You, yeah, yeah let's I, go. I own a few of these. You actually. do, and you do too. Yeah. Uh, the first one I can think of is the duck. I have a duck lure. It's like a it's like a small chick, and it's just, it's kind of look like a frog. So honestly, it's it's more resembling a frog, I would say. The fish, that's what they see, but it's it's shaped like a duck, and we've literally caught fish on it before. It's it's crazy. Um, I have the pompadour. Oh yeah, 
It's a beetle imitation with two metal wings on the front that waddles in the water on top of the water. And also, the futuristic robot ones that we had, I gave you one, remember? Yeah. You pull the string. And, and they... and they, Dude, we were kids, right? And we, <clears throat> those got gifted to me by someone. A couple years down the road after we caught some fish on them and the paint's all chipped and everything and they're, they've been in our tackle boxes... I looked them up on eBay, right? Yeah. $170 a piece. You're lying. Swear. You're lying. Swear. I have a $170 lure you in my tackle box right now. $170 lure that got destroyed. That I still own that. I still own that. It still works. Yeah, I know. We never the paint's use all chipped, though. Yeah. That's crazy. They're like all custom painted. You see, you see how good yeah, the yeah, paint Yeah, yeah, yeah. The custom paint, but yeah, we caught fish on them. That's they have like literally li- uh, little battery packs inside. I mean, how do you. No way. Like yeah. a watch battery? Yeah, that moves the tail. Yeah. That's and crazy. that kind of just um, broke my heart when I kind of looked it up because, like, that would that would have been a cool um, thing to keep <coughs> a keepscape put up on the shelf. You know? Yeah, that's crazy, dude. I the Chase never told me this. That's the first time he told me. That's that blows my mind. So we both have a lure worth more than 150 bucks, and they're rare. Give me my phone. I'm gonna look it up. So as Chase looks that up, um, I can talk about another lure here. Uh, you know, Lunker Hunt the the company Lunker Hunt, they have a bunch of crazy lures. They have like a spider, which is like a soft body spider. It's so cool. It has a little legs even. It, it kind of like moves the the water all crazy. It's 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 wild. And they have uh, oh, there's one that's like a fish. It's like a propeller on it, and it's just like a propeller on the water, propeller bait. And a lot of their stuff's really neat and fun to use. I looked it up. I forgot the name of it, but if I knew the name and the actual, the company, the company, I'd be able to tell you. But I can't find it. I looked up on Google "futuristic robotic lure that tail moves." And <laughs> nothing <laughs> find it. Nothing popped up. It's all right. Um, well, we can figure that out and let them know in a later episode. I remember it was one hundred seventy dollars. It may have went up, but it was like people selling them on eBay, like almost as a collector's item rather than an actual bait company. Yeah, yeah. So basically, they quit making them. And it's like it's like a it's like a like a playing card basically, right? Of fishing, that's a, that's kind of that's kind of neat about fishing. Um, a lot of the the handmade lures are literally like playing cards. Like their value increases over time, just like the ones we have. Yeah, it's pretty neat. We got into expensive lures last time, but you know, there's. I'm gonna look it up. Most expensive swim swim bait ever. All right. All right. So, I looked up. Most expensive lure ever. And I thought it was a fly. Like for fly fishing, I remember seeing that like on a YouTube mm-hmm. video one day. But the first thing that pops up, and this, we kind of got into the swim bait side of fishing. I believe last, last episode. Last episode. Yep. This is a swim bait. There's a lot of big swim bait fishermen, uh, especially down south. Anyways, this is a manifold de Niro Yugo frame 550 glide bait. $1,147.99 and then it gives you the option or four payments of 287 a month. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dude. You need a monthly payment on a lure? That might be too far. That's absurd. That's crazy. That's like a third of my first car. I want. <laughs> That's insane. I wonder what the action is. That thing's got to look just like a minnow, man. Like, just like a bait fish. That's crazy. Um... The Lunker Hunt Dragonfly. Dragonfly. That was another one I missed. The Dragonfly. That one's crazy. Uh, yeah, the whole swim bait part. We we talked about it. Yeah, it's 
there's some crazy looking ones for sure. There's like this. I know John B posted a video of like a jo- a zombie uh, swim bait one time. It was pretty crazy. What and about uh, the um, the lunker hunt prop turtle? Oh, the turtle turtle bait. That was crazy. Um, what else? The lunker hunt lizard. Topwater lizard. They make some crazy weird stuff. Lunker hunt makes a topwater roach as well. A cockroach. A cockroach. That's wild. That is wild. Let's talk about how Pokemon, this is actually very inter- interesting to me because Pokemon partnered with a fishing company, Duo Realis, to make a Pokemon lure. And I wish we could drop a picture of it, but... A Pokemon lure. A Pokemon lure. I'm surprised you haven't seen this yet. I have not. But to me, anyways, it's like, it, it's it's exciting to me because maybe kids who play Pokemon... It, it'll get them in a fish. It'll, get, it'll make them see, you know, well, hey, that's Pokemon, I might want to collect that. Think about it. Well, hot take here. That's... Crazy! It looks awesome. Chase just showed me a picture of it. It looks awesome. I personally would never pay sixty dollars for it. No. However, it looks cool. Maybe if I was a Pokemon guy. Right. So here's here's a, here's my hot take. Here is in the game Pokemon Pokemon Go. You're trying to catch these monsters, right? You're trying to catch them. You got to try. You got to throw stuff. Isn't that fishing, dude? I know. in real life, <laughs> that's a great concept. You know what I mean? Like the when the game Pokemon Go came out, I never got into it, and I was always just like. I, I'm pretty sure I've said this to somebody before. I'm like, literally, I do that in real life every day. It's fishing. Like, yeah. It's the same. The real life version. Yeah, the real life version. It's the same idea of just trying to catch these monsters, and they're hard to catch sometimes. And you, you got to spend Pokeballs, or you got to uh, buy a $400 rod. <laughs> you know, it's the same deal. Or you never know what, what Pokemon you're going to catch. Right, right. AKA crappie, bass, catfish. Or we can go to the ocean. You never know where you're going to catch the ocean. The ocean is a real Pokemon Go. That's crazy. That is actually crazy. So, as we're talking about wild baits here, what what do bass eat? Bass eat everything. That's bass the answer. Everything. They're, they're like, really aggressive. I've seen videos where, uh, oh, dude, great story. Just popped up in my mind. All right. Let's I was see, let's fishing. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. You know, that in episode one, I told you you guys a story about how I got kicked out of that pond. That lady kicked me out, right? Well, she didn't kick me out. She let you. Yeah. She, she let me at the end. But I'm sitting here, and I'm fishing, and I'm by myself. I seen the baby duck. Um, it started swimming fast. Like, you know, it sensed something was going to was gonna bite it. It was going to eat it, maybe. It, was, it, 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 felt, the, it. it felt something. The right. water moving. Yeah. Next thing I know, it comes up. Gets, I don't know how big this this bass. I mean, you can't really see. It could have been a a giant six seven, or it could have been a two, even one a one pounder. They're, they're aggressive. Yeah, I've caught. You know, I've used big big swim baits and caught one pounders. You know, they'll they'll go after anything. They're not scared of anything. So, <clears throat> this baby duck got ate and never came back to the surface. Yeah, it blew. And up my on. mind was just blown. I'm pretty sure you Facetime me when this happened. And like I'm sure me. I did, or or Snapchat me. I or think something. I, I actually did Facetime you. You Facetime me, and I you're did. like freaking out. I've seen a lot of crazy things while fishing. A lot of crazy coincidences. I won't say coincidences, but one in a thousand chance things. out of the ordinary. One in a thousand chance things I've seen, and that was one in a million. That's crazy. I know it. You know it happens regularly. Like they got to be eight regularly, but to see it with your own eyes is a different story. That's that's so cool. And then you feel bad because it's you know it's a it's a baby duck. It's right. a chick. And they're so cute. So yeah, bass eat anything. 
I've seen videos where a guy's caught a bass and a snake has came out of the bass's mouth. Have you seen that video yeah, on TikTok? Yeah, I've seen it too. I, I also saw, there's a video on like TikTok and Instagram that I've seen of one actually blowing up on a baby duck. A guy got it on video. I'm sure you've seen it too. I think so. Um, it, I mean, it's real. I've seen them. They, they attack geese, big old geese. They attack geese sometimes. And um, a lot of times it's just reaction. You know, they don't know. They see the, that's why you're able to catch big fish on um, duck lures or turtle lures or dragonflies or beetles because they, you know they see the water moving at the top of the surface and they think it's it could be anything it's they're curious they're curious so they blow up on it yeah a lot of times they'll come up and I, I should say kiss it give it a kiss and then come back down and then come back up and absolutely demolish it off the surface because they're curious to see what it is right but the main things that you eat you know the stuff that the the baits you typically want to throw i mean if you're trying to catch fish for your, one of your first times you should be throwing a duck lure you know, oh no! Should be throwing something like a lot of people. I feel like get this wrong here. Um, like a stick baits, worm baits. They're really not mimicking worms. They're mimicking like a dying bluegill yeah. or a dying shad. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand that. Like those 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 worms. They're not actually worm. They do, it's not like a worm. It, yeah, it's just, it's it's imitating a, a fish actually, and a smaller fish. You don't see worms in the water unless it. You know, you get a heavy rain and the, the worms come up. They'll, they'll come up, yeah. No, the, the, they eat worms. Yeah, and sometimes. Yeah. I've caught, I've been fishing for bait fish and caught a bass on a worm before. It's yeah. But, you know, yeah, the the actual uh, sense of using a rubber worm and when fishing for a bass, it's typically not actually representing a worm. But um, but they do eat worms. They eat bluegills, shad. That's the stuff you typically want to target. They eat each other. Uh, I, we have We both have lures that are. That are small bass. That are baby bass. Yeah, yeah that they're that's the design on them. They'll they'll hatch their kids and then eat them. Yep, because they are hungry and yep. they need to survive. <laughs> they don't eat them all. Sometimes I mean I don't know. Maybe they have. That's pretty wild. It's like growing their own food. Something just popped in my head. So episode one, I talked about how I caught my PV. Well, I w- I wanted a just a. I really made that story way bland. Like there's so much more to that story. So after I caught this fish, you know, I, I reeled it up. I got it to the shore. I go to weigh it with my scale, and literally the batteries are dead. Because this was, like I said, in the, this is my second fish of the year. Yeah. And I hadn't fished all winter. And my scale, so my scale was dead. So I called my little sister, and I'm like, hey, uh, can you please bring me a battery? Look at this fish. And what was funny, when I first called her, um, she answered the phone. She's like, what? I was like, can you bring me a, fat, a battery I for my scale? I caught this fish. I showed her a fish, and she's like, oh, my gosh. Like, her, her mood just changed <laughs> completely because she saw how big the fish was. And she was like, yeah, we're coming right away. And so I'm like, well, I don't want this big fish to die. So I go out in the water, and it's like March, and the water's probably 50 degrees. It's cold. And I'm, I'm wading in the water just putting pushing the fish back and forth to get, keep air through it. Holding on to it for a dear life. Yes. I'm gripping that thing. I already took pictures of it. I just wanted to see the scale, to see what, how much it weighed. Right. So eventually my sister gets there. I put it in the scale, and it turned out great. But I just I thought that was so funny. So that's one thing. When we catch fish, we typically we really want to take care of them. Oh, that's, the that's the main goal. When you see a fish, sometimes you, you go hook a fish, and you'll lose one every every now and again because you gotta you got to pull the hook out of its throat. And then you got to take that risk of, the, of does it survive or not. But, you know, we can't do anything about that. 
That's why we have needle nose pliers in our bags at all times to safely remove the hook the best we can. Right. The worst feeling when you kill a fish. I hate it. I hate you it. You see too. the bass floating. I'm like, dang it. So yeah, we when we catch fish, we we always release them gently, and uh, we, we we try really try to take care of them. And uh, a tip we both uh, figured out: if a bass is bleeding, if you pour um, Mountain Dew soda on it, yeah, Mountain Dew soda, it like helps clot the blood. I don't know what it is. It, some some chemical. It's acid. like the the um the malic acid or or something along those lines. Maybe the carbonation. I forgot, but it stops the stops the bleeding. That's and anytime I I I don't drink soda rarely, but if I do have a soda on me, it's going down the fish's throat if it's if, cold. if it's bleeding. Yeah, yeah, because it does. It truly does work. It'll save a fish's life. Yeah. Uh, another thing is, uh, if you keep a fish out of the water for a while, uh, it's and, and a lot of times when you catch a fish, they're stunned, so they don't. They're like, I mean, they were deep down in the in the water and they pulled out to the surface real quickly, yeah. and they're real tired. They're fighting. They're, that's the term stunned so they don't really know where they're at so a lot of times you'll put them in the water and what you what you want to do is push them back and forth that way it gets the, the the oxygen in the water going through their gills just let them get back to the water then then you release them safely so that's one tip that we we've always done when the fish is stunned especially with bigger fish too they fight a lot harder they use a lot of their energy so some more funny memories that i uh, that i thought about um Remember that one time we had this? We so we a lot of times we do friendly tournaments. So we're like, you know, let's do the best three fish, and however which it weighs, you know, your total amount of weight, and then you're the winner. Or we'll do like whoever catches the most fish, and we'll actually have challenges. So um, I remember that one time. I don't know if you remember this or not. We uh, who the loser was uh, had to eat a, a hot pepper when we got back to the house, and I remember, uh, you know, I was a loser this time around. So I I'm pretty sure you beat me by a last second fish. I did. Remember that? Uh, this was actually a bad idea. Very sketchy. I got this um, Carolina Reaper <laughs> that was not in a package. Yeah. Off of somebody one, at school, right? Uh, somebody at school's cousin. <laughs> I and they still go here. Really? But we're not going to say any names during your grade. Okay. <clears throat> Shout out to you if you're listening to this, buddy. <laughs> um, but it wasn't in a package. Could have been um, anything. And you it was pepper. And you ingested it. Yeah, I did. Uh, and I was crying. It was awful. Hottest pepper in the world. Yeah. So. And you ate the whole thing. I did. Seeds and all. And I drank a gallon of milk after and uh, like wanted to throw up the rest of the day. But anyways, that was that was a bad memory. It comes it down. It comes down being a, a man to your word. Like, <clears throat> uh, comes down being true to your word. Like, if if you lose a, a challenge, no matter what the thing is. Oh yeah. We've done times where. We had to jump in the pond. I've lost some of those. Eli's <laughs> lost some of those. We jumped in a lot. Uh, loser buys the other person lunch. We've done that. We've done that. Loser buys the other person baits. Go to Walmart and give them a certain price range they could spend. Um, but the the Carolina Reaper was definitely the <laughs> the one that that was sticks out to me the most. Me too. That yeah. was brutal, and I didn't even eat the pepper. <laughs> you were just watching me die. Yeah. So yeah, that's one thing. Uh, Fishing, it doesn't have to be so serious. You can have fun with it with your friends and and make different challenges out of it. And you know, we I know we both we definitely got those ideas from watching YouTube videos. John B. and oh, AP Bassing in particular, um, they just they make fishing so much fun, and uh, it just adds a little twist to it. Well, folks, I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, so, episode three of the Large Mouth Podcast. I had a blast. Great time. Great time. 
uh, I, enjoy, I had funny stories once again. Uh, love, love talking about fishing. Um, episode four should come out. Uh, we should be recording it in a few weeks. So uh, we got winter break coming up. So we'll see you guys in the next episode. See you. Peace. <laughs>